Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We are your hosts. I'm Erica. And I'm Abby. And today I'm going to tell you about the murders of Crystal Turner and Kylan Schultz. So pour yourselves a strong cup of fire department coffee, and let's dive in. I'm going to preface this episode with the fact that it just occurred in August of 2021. And we are now recording this in early, early February of 2022. So that I'm saying that because by the time this episode comes out, there may be some updates in this case. And if some updates do come along, we'll add them in. But timing is just always weird with recording and editing and releasing. So just so you know, this is updated as of early February 2022. Crystal Turner was 38 years old and Kylan Schultz was 24 years old. They were recently married as of um, August 2021. They'd been married about four months and they their case made headlines really because they actually were murdered in a, the same area that Gabby Petito was murdered. And there was a lot of information coming out about that case. It made national news. I would venture to guess international news and so a lot of people heard about it and they heard about Gabby Petito and heard about this case in connection with it. And so I wanted to discuss that with you guys a little bit, especially since we did do some coverage on the Gabby Petito case. Crystal and Kylan, as I said, they were a couple, they'd been married for a little bit and they were kind of living a little bit of that nomadic lifestyle. They were living out of their van. They, they ventured around and camped a lot. They enjoyed being outdoors and really just kind of doing their own thing. They both did have jobs. Kylan worked at the Moonflower Community Co-op. It was a natural food store in Moab in Utah, pretty close to where they were camping out in August of 2021. On August 13th, the couple left to go camping and in Moab, and they that evening went to Woody's Tavern on Main Street. They were seen there and had left just a little bit after midnight to go back to their campsite, to which they returned shortly before 1 a.m., The next morning, they both did not show up to their jobs and they were, they had friends that they had talked with quite a bit and they weren't responding to friends' texts and calls. They didn't show up to work. And so one of their friends went to check out the campsite where they knew that Crystal and Kylan were staying and see if they could find them. Unfortunately, instead of finding Crystal and Kylan alive, they found their bodies around the LaSalle Loop Road area. Both girls had been shot multiple times and were left in an irrigation ditch, and they both died as a result of those gunshot wounds. Also, I want to mention that there were no signs of sexual assault. It was at this point, um, police are notified, investigators get involved, and they're trying to figure out what could have happened. Seemingly, these two girls had no enemies, at least none that their friends and family were aware of. For a little bit, investigators thought maybe a murder-suicide had happened. However, this later on was determined to not be the cause of their deaths. They did find some evidence at the scene. They they took in um, their tent, their personal belongings. They gathered blood evidence, shell casings, bullet fragments, and some video evidence from neighboring properties. I'm gotta say, I'm slightly shocked that there was video evidence that they were able to gather. You know, they said they collected video evidence. I don't know if they got anything from that because it's not mentioned again. So if they did find something, I'm guessing police are kind of keeping it, keeping it under wraps to try to figure out what happened. Still just shocked that it was even available to, right, to I gather. Agree with that. 
so with possible suspects, something that comes up from, and they find this out from one of their friends, they had even, uh, Crystal and Kylan had been texting this person on Friday evening, and they basically were like, there's this creepy dude at our campsite. He's really weird. He's giving us bad vibes. We might actually move campsites because he's making us uncomfortable. Did they say what this man was doing that was making them uncomfortable? Not that I am able to find, just that there was a creepy dude, and um, they they weren't comfortable being around him well good for them for at least texting their friends obviously this didn't play out the way that anybody would have hoped but to know that there was something that was scaring them gives police a little something to go on yeah that's i mean it's at least something it means that there's a potential suspect around that police and investigators would like to try and find Mm -hmm. however besides those text messages they just don't really have any information on who this guy is there is Somebody who took on this case, pro bono, actually, his name is Jason K. Jensen. And he's he is involved with the case after Kylan's aunt had reached out looking for help. He's he's basically just trying to move the case along. So he's talking about the, how important it is to figure out who this creepy man is. And he's, you know, looking into the fact that there was a pretty small window of when they were murdered and found and they were looking for some satellite imagery of the area right before that they had been um right before they disappeared really which obviously they were eventually found dead but they're trying to find any maybe license plates or anything helpful descriptions of cars anything that could help lead to somebody who might be involved in this case as i mentioned up front a big reason this case gained some attention is because for a while they were thinking that potentially the Gabby Petito disappearance could have been connected. If you guys listen to us often, you know that we did cover a little bit of the Gabby Petito situation as many people did. So if you guys didn't listen to our Gabby Petito episode or our Gabby Petito update, a little bit about her story. She was actually on a cross-country trip with her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie. And like Abby said, it was right around the same time that Crystal and Kylan were murdered. Um, So they actually had crossed paths at one point during this, uh, during this trip. And it was at the Woody's Tavern that Crystal worked at. And this was a tavern where Gabby Petito and her boyfriend, Brian, had actually gotten into a fight just outside of it. And then later on, they ended up finding Gabby Petito's body in um, that was in September, but they realized it was actually right around the same time that Crystal and Kylan had died was when Gabby's body had been found or no, was when Gabby had been determined to have died as well. So because of the similarities in age and the fact that they had been at the same tavern at night when they were investigating Gabby's case, they were looking a lot into this case as well with Crystal and Kylan to see if there are any sort of connections possibly. Also, Crystal and Kylan's lifestyle did kind of match up with what Gabby and Brian Laundrie were going for at the time. Kind of this nomadic lifestyle where they're not tied down to a specific address. They're exploring the U.S., camping, and, you know, just living life. Honestly, a lifestyle that I very much envy and would not be opposed to at all. (laughs) But because of this, there was this theory going around that maybe, like, an outside source, somebody unrelated to both of these scenarios had been responsible for the murders. So like a serial killer who is going around this park area or, I mean, that's nothing new. Especially if you guys are longtime listeners, you know that I have a fascination for people who get murdered in national parks and state parks and go missing in them because it's a little crazy. It's not unheard of. There's a ton of them. And so they were kind of trying to figure out if maybe that's something that was happening here. Eventually, um, a lot of 
as this whole thing unfolds, police investigators come forward and make a statement that Crystal and Kylan's case is not connected to Gabby Petito's case. And the reason being for that is that they end up solving what happened to Gabby Petito. So yeah, this update doesn't come for really multiple months. Um, Police were pretty suspicious at this point after some investigation that Brian Laundrie had potentially murdered his girlfriend, Gabby. And he ends up going missing as well or being reported missing by his parents. But but Brian Laundrie's body was actually found on October 21st. So this would have been about two months after Gabby had been murdered. They were able to find it in, in the Florida's Carlton Reserve. And it actually, when they first found him, they weren't sure what had happened. They ended up running an autopsy and found that Brian had taken his own life. They did find a notebook with Brian. And when they found the notebook, it had been submerged in water for a long period of time. So it took some time to actually be able to find out what was in the notebook. But once they were able to uncover what was in the notebook, they found that Brian had been taking respons- had taken responsibility for Gabby's death, claiming that he was the one that had taken her life, which ended up making Gabby Petito's unsolved case a closed case. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, you really can't tie it to Crystal and Kylan's case. It's very much a kind of a domestic dispute that happened there. Whereas this... We just really have no answers. Um, Investigators and police are pretty stumped. They're, you know, trying to connect the dots, but it seemingly is somebody who maybe isn't necessarily connected to them personally, which makes it so much harder. Um, I can't even imagine unless you can find someone to come forward and say, I saw X, Y, and Z, and you build off of that, which is really what their families and, um, and, Jason Jensen, who took on the case, is trying to do is to raise public awareness and say, like, hey, if you were in this area at this time and you saw something, even if you don't necessarily think it's relevant, just come forward and tell us. And they have gotten tips and information, but it's just not led to anything. Well, I shouldn't say it's not led to anything concrete, because actually in in January of 2022, just recently, authorities did release a statement saying that they have several persons of interest no solid suspects, but several persons of interest, while that doesn't mean maybe it's someone who actually they think is responsible, there's someone who, they're, these peop- they're the people who potentially know something that could crack the case open. Authorities did say that they are working with FBI to review um, forensic evidence and video footage to try to see if there's anything in there that could help lead to Crystal and Kylan's murderers. Kylan's dad has been... A very involved character in this. He's trying to get bring justice for his daughter and his daughter-in-law. And his name is Sean Paul. He has even spent tons of his own time in Moab trying to gather information and create his own persons of interest list. Um, he's done some interviews where he's talking about his daughter's murder and discussing that while he's a confident in law enforcement, He's kind of trying to do what he can because he says, quote, I've been holding my breath for six months, end quote, because he's there's just not any new information that's come in that he's been privy to, at least. The mystery has been solved here at Crime Over Coffee. Our go to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee, and you can get some as well and save 15 percent with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. 
So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. To put it in perspective, I just, I'll read you guys one of these quotes from him in an interview he did with, I want to say People Magazine. Quote, am I confident in law enforcement? Yeah. I don't think they're going to call me today, but that's because I've been holding my breath for six months. Do I want to let my breath out? Hell yeah. Do I want to go in there and give everyone in that sheriff's office a big hug and take them all out to dinner? Hell yeah. I want to, but I'm still holding my breath over here. End quote. And I just think that's a very interesting take to look at him or anybody who's in this situation, parent, loved one, what have you, where they're confident that there's people out there doing their job trying to bring justice, but you're still like, until you hear answers, you're just in this like limbo where you're trying to, you know, deal with this trauma and what's going on. Uh, yeah, we've talked about this many times on our episodes. Um, obviously, losing a loved one is very, very difficult, um, especially when you lose a loved one to something so traumatic and evil as murder. But the not knowing is really, really the hardest part to not have answers to not have i think in this situation a lot of times you know you're asking yourself who do you blame and you don't have a person or a face to blame and so you've just got all this anger built up and you don't really have a way to direct it other than just at the world and i think that can be a really hard spot to be in so obviously i my heart goes out to all those families out there that don't have answers we've talked about before this is a big reason we do the podcast just to try to get information out there i know we're not one of the bigger podcasts you know we don't have millions of followers or anything but just the little bit of effort and work that we can do to get the information out there so that people can hear about some of these smaller cases that aren't getting the attention that gabby petito's case got or things like that you know they all deserve attention so that these families can get answers and i think that's a good point with this case because i know Eric and I were talking about this prior to recording. We remember seeing this couple's murder pop up when it was maybe connected to Gabby Petito, but Gabby Petito's case is solved and it's not popped up on my stuff. No, I've not heard any other updates about this. So when Abby told me that she was covering this case, I was very interested to see what else had come out of it because the last I knew was they had been murdered. They thought it was connected to Gabby and then they learned it wasn't. And it's unfortunate and I understand why it happens, but it's hard to think about somebody somebody being murdered being more important news-wise and conversation-wise than someone else being murdered because nobody deserves it. And so, you know, this case kind of str- struck me and you could go either way with that even like there's even people who, which Eric and I cover a lot of mini, on our mini episodes, cases that don't have like any information because they're, they still deserve to get solved and to be heard. Something I'm going to add to this that I came across when I was researching this, I thought was really sweet. Um, a sculpture was dedicated to the, in the memory of Crystal and Kylan in Moab. Um, they had a ceremony and a bunch of community members and family and friends gathered at the Grand County Public Library for this. The sculpture was donated by a local artist and um, we'll have, of course, the link to an article about the sculpture where you can see it and see some more information in our description. As of right now, that's all the information we have about Crystal and Kylan's murders. Of course, like I mentioned, if something else comes up between now and us releasing this episode or shortly after, we'll give you guys an update. But anybody who has any for, who has any information about these murders is asked to call authorities at 435-259-8115. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 